The Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast brings you a unique view of Mesa through its vibrant business community and the subjects that are important. The podcast is produced in the Mesa Chamber of Commerce Media Studio, sponsored by the University of Phoenix. Our podcast is hosted by Mesa Chamber of Commerce CEO Sally Harrison. Please enjoy this episode of the Mesa Chamber Inside Business Podcast. All right, here we are in the Inside Business Podcast in the Mesa Chamber of Commerce Studios. I'm Sally Harrison, the president of the chamber, and today I have the opportunity and the honor to have our friend Lynn Sue Cooney here from Hospice of the Valley. Sally, it's so good to see you in person. Yes, it I've is. I've seen you on Zoom a lot, yes. a little too much. A little too much, yeah. That's how I feel about most people these days. It's getting old. Yeah, it's yeah. so good to be here. Thank well, you thank for having you. me. Thank you. We we appreciate you being here. And um, I've been hearing all this good stuff that's happening at Hospice of the Valley. So I wanted you to come in and talk about it. Oh, you know, I will never turn down an opportunity <laughs> to share about that beautiful agency and their beautiful mission. Yeah, it is. It's pretty special. So yeah. talk about it. Um, let's start with how long has Hospice of the Valley been providing hospice care in the Valley? Okay. Can you believe 1977 is when a group of volunteers no started idea. Hospice of the Valley. No idea it had been that long. It's absolutely amazing. 44 years. Wow. And they were volunteers because Medicare didn't have a reimbursement mm-hmm. for hospice. So for five years, they were giving this community hospice care just with their time and their talent. Wow. So... That's why it worked, because it was started with people who cared. Right. And that's why volunteers are so important to us. We still have over 2,000 of them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And since, you know, reimbursement was not an option for Mm -hmm. five years, we didn't think about this as a business that you were getting paid for. It was about the care. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they would go into people's homes and provide the care. And if there wasn't money for pain meds or whatever, Mm -hmm. they would raise it in the community. Mm -hmm. So even now, we've kept that in our DNA. Wow. You know, we provide charity care, so we take everybody as a not-for-profit, no matter if you have insurance, no matter if you have Medicare, no matter if you have money in the bank, you you get care. Very cool. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of hospices in Arizona. Do you want to guess how many? Just throw a number out there. I just... I I don't know. Maybe 1,200. Oh, my gosh. I'm I'm glad there's not that many. Oh, (laughs) okay. In Arizona. Oh, in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe 40... There is 80. 80. Yeah, there's okay. a lot of them. Um, and they are absolutely not all the same. Yeah, just so like, talk you, about okay, that. so you know, the Chamber of Commerce has all these kinds of yeah. businesses, and every one of them would say that they're different sure. than the others. Um, we truly are because we've been here so long. Mm-hmm. And being a not for profit, we don't have stockholders to pay and all of that. So uh-huh. um, anything that we are able to hang on to after we do our care from the Medicare reimbursement is invested right back into the community. So, awesome. so we're such good stewards of our dollars because mm-hmm. we know that there's a big need for charity care. Mm-hmm. So that's different. Other hospices can't provide the charity care. I mean, you have to have Medicare coverage in order sure. to get care. Sure. But it's really good that we have that safety net for the community. Well, what makes Hospice of the Valley unique? Well, we have so many different programs. We have community programs that anybody can access, not just patients. So, oh, okay, for, I didn't know that. Yes. So say your next door neighbor's son got on his motorcycle. Knock on wood, is this wood or from my gun? Yeah. <laughs> and he had a crash and was killed instantly. There was no time to call hospice, right? right? But 
his family, his friends, his parents are still grieving. Mm-hmm. So we recognize that. And years and years ago started mm-hmm. community grief support for adults and then also families with kiddos all over the valley, different places, different nights. Right now it's on Zoom. But soon, sure. soon those support groups will be in person again. We've started to open the family ones back up because kiddos sure. need that activity. Sure. Uh, but it's it's something we do free advanced Medicare or advanced healthcare decisions. So uh-huh. advanced directives. If yeah. you need a living will and you don't know how to do that, you don't right. know how to get a medical power of attorney. Oh my gosh. And then the one I think nobody knows about is senior placement. So when your folks get kind of uh-huh. old. A lot of times people will go and pay for um, some kind of placement service. It's very expensive, Mm -hmm. thousands of dollars. We do the same thing for free, and we do it for anybody in the community. Again, you don't have to be a patient. Wow. Okay. I'm learning a lot today. (laughs) Good. Well, I know you have a program for veterans. Yes. Yeah. That holds a special place in my heart. So talk about what that, that looks like. Saluting our veterans is when volunteers who who come to Hospice of the Valley to give of themselves are veterans themselves, uh-huh. and they make tribute visits to veterans, uh-huh. ideally in the same branch of service, but it doesn't have to be. Uh-huh. They present a flag from the branch of service, a special ceremonial pin. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, sitting down and opening up their hearts and talking about oh, their wow. service. The family members, friends can be there. They listen to these stories that sometimes... Very stoked veterans have never told oh, their yeah, families sure. before. And they're, yeah. Dad, I didn't know that about you. <laughs> or, you know, their brother. Uh-huh. You've got to be kidding me. You did that? Aww. Amazing things. We just had one yesterday. I got the pictures today. He was part of the Berlin airlift. So when the Soviet Union shut down the roads to West Berlin, there were, that whole city had no food, water, or medicine. Oh, my gosh. So for almost a year. The United States dropped food, water, and medicine into West Berlin wow. to keep them and going. And he was part of that. And he was part of that. Oh, So heroic. Their stories are amazing. That is cool. So it's a lovely way to recognize them yeah. for their service. Oh, my gosh. Sacrifice. And you just got a three-year grant to do even more? We did. So I would love anybody out there who thinks, you know, I think being a volunteer to help a veteran would be amazing. Our saluting program is really pay tribute. Mm-hmm. But we just got a grant that's part of ASU to get volunteers that we will train. They go in and they do light housekeeping. They provide transportation. They're companions. They are really there to provide respite for the caregiver who might be yeah. overwhelmed, mm-hmm. but really to support those military families. But... Uh, Unlike volunteers, this program lets us give them some incentives, like a monthly allowance. Oh, wow. Yes. And they can earn college tuition credit. So say you're 65 years old and you don't need to go to college, you can give that credit to a child or grandchild. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it amazing? There's only 28 spots. We've filled a bunch of them, but we have some left, and we would love anybody out there who's interested at all to call us. Wow. Okay. So if you've got more information on that, get that to us so we can get that out. Okay. That's incredible. Isn't it amazing? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So talk about your volunteers. I mean, volunteers are key, obviously. Talk about how many do you have? Over 2,000. We have more volunteers than we have employees. At hospice say, that. We have 1,500 employees, but 2,000 volunteers. Wow. They do everything from pick up flowers that Whole Foods and Trader Joe's mm-hmm. donate to us. 
and make these beautiful bouquets that we then give to patients. Mm-hmm. They they write handmade cards. They sew blankets and crochet and knit quilts. Mm-hmm. They make all kinds of companionship visits. If they have a cute little fluffy dog mm-hmm. or a cat yeah. or a bunny, we even have a miniature horse. They make pet therapy visits. If they sing oh. or play guitar, they do music visits. It's absolutely amazing oh all the things gosh. they do. That's incredible. Well, I know that you also work as a volunteer because I've seen pictures with you and your dogs. (laughs) Well, one is still in training. (laughs) Yes, he's not an actual volunteer. No, he's not a pet therapy yet. And my other one is is getting old. He's getting up there. Well, you offer so much more than end-of-life care. Why does Hospice of the Valley provide more than hospice? I think because people need support way before they're ready for hospice. Mm -hmm. People, even when they need hospice, tend to wait till the very last minute because they think they're supposed to or that's how it works. Really, when you're eligible for hospice and you need that additional support, Medicare pays for it. Uh And it is such a help. It just envelops your whole family, not just the patient, Mm -hmm. in support and all the resources they need. But now there are people who are perfectly healthy, but they're just really frail, Mm -hmm. and it's difficult to get to their doctor. So we go into your home. We do house calls like old-fashioned doctors and provide primary care. So do you have doctors that actually are on staff for you then? Uh Uh-huh. And they go into the home and provide primary care. Is that amazing? Yes. Also... There are people who have chronic illness, heart disease, Uh lung disease, diabetes. They just need more support, Uh and they want it in their home. So we provide that. And then there are people who have dementia, Alzheimer's and dementia, all different stages, and their caregivers don't know what to do when their loved one is asking, when are we going to have lunch? 14 times in five minutes. They just don't have the coping strategies. They don't understand what the brain is doing. So our educators go into your home and meet with the family several times and help them. That's great. Well, I know dementia, as you just mentioned, is something that you guys work with. So it's obviously something you're deeply committed to. Talk about the new campus that's opening. It's October. Well, yes, October, end of October. It'll open in stages. So it'll be completely open by the end of December. But it's 44th Street and Indian School. You Uh can see it going up. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's going to have... Five areas, an inpatient unit Mm -hmm. for um, those short-term stays that are critical, an assisted living for people who want to live there. Mm -hmm. There's going to be an adult day club, so you can bring someone there for activities all day long while you go to work. And right next door is a child care center with toddlers, intergenerational enrichment. The biggest building is the two-story education center, and that's for you and me. It's for the community. To come in and learn everything from, like, there's a practice bathroom to show Uh showering. Uh There is a practice bedroom to show how to change briefs when someone is really advanced. Uh All the skills that you need as a caregiver, you don't know you're going to need them. You didn't know you were going to be a caregiver, and suddenly you are. Yeah. Wow. So I'm guessing you have a waiting list already for that space. Probably do. I'm not privy to that, but it's going to be amazing. But the great thing is there's still so many opportunities in the education center Mm -hmm. to learn about dementia and help families live well with dementia, help your family live. We're Mm -hmm. all going to be touched by it. Yeah. We're living longer. Yeah. 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 Not better necessarily. Well, we're hoping that we can make it better by having these skills. You've got a lot of things there um, to make things better. 
Uh, talk about your biggest challenges providing hospice care these days. I think it's people being afraid of the H word, mm-hmm. hospice, right? Yeah, I kind it's of, scary. It is, but yeah. I kind of think of it, well, think about this. We're all dying. Yeah, every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody is. Some are going faster than others, and they need that extra support. But I think people are afraid of the H word because we don't like to think about that journey. Mm-hmm. But having everything that you need in place and having the support can make the journey so much better. It's support that can make that journey so much easier, less stressful. The resources are there. And people understand what you're going through. Hospice workers. Yeah, they they, live it every day. They get it. They're compassionate and they can help. Well, it sounds like the support earlier on in the process makes a big difference. A huge difference. Um, what's the biggest challenge to providing hospice care in our community? Is people being afraid. Uh-huh. Honestly, we just hit on it. They're they're really nervous about it, and they think, or they're not clear on when they're supposed to get it, uh-huh. so they wait so long, you know, a day or two. So getting people in, family members in for educational seminars, things like that, so they have that understanding prior to makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because family members are thinking, I only need it at the very end for my loved one. But hospice isn't just for the patient. Mm-hmm. It's for the family because they're grieving too. Mm-hmm. And they're going through the whole terminal right. illness stages too because it's their mom, their dad, mm-hmm. their son. And it's really a very holistic approach because it's not just the physical pain. Mm-hmm. There is emotional pain. Oh. There's social pain because you're not at work anymore. There's right. spiritual pain. All of that kind of stuff is... You know, you're you're just wrapped in comfort, and mm-hmm. you're given dignity and compassion. Yeah, oh, special place. So, talk about the myths, because I know there are myths when it comes to hospice. Some people think when you sign up for hospice, you lose your doctor. You don't. Your doctor. We work with your doctor because mm-hmm. you've had your doctor your whole life, and they sure. know you best. Right. Um, sometimes doctors will say, you know what? Now I want the hospice doctor to take over. But as long as you want your doctor involved in your care, it is. Some people think, I'm not supposed to do it till the last five minutes of my life. We've mm-hmm. talked about that. Some people think, if I sign on too soon, my benefit will run out. Oh. It doesn't run out. In fact, if yeah. you sign on and start getting better, uh-huh. you graduate from hospice, we sign you off. You can be strong enough to go get another round of chemo or another treatment if you choose. Uh-huh. And at the point that your disease progresses again and you need hospice, you come back, your benefit's waiting. It hasn't diminished. It doesn't disappear. People don't know that. So they wait thinking it might run out. Right. The worst one, though, is that people think hospice hastens death. It absolutely does not. Mm. The whole idea of hospice is to give you best quality of life Mm -hmm. as long as you have. Mm. And that we wouldn't want to cheat you out of a second of it. Sure. Yeah. Oh, That's so sad. Well, what do you wish everybody knew about hospice? That it isn't sad. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Truly, it's it's not because people don't know, right? Well, that's, yeah, that is the the pity of it, Mm -hmm. is that they really don't realize that all of these wonderful things are there to support them and that they could be getting that support for their families. Mm -hmm. But I, I definitely think, I wish people knew that how much joy hospice workers feel because they know they're so needed. Mm-hmm. What would be really sad is if people were going through these journeys all by themselves. Yeah, didn't have the resources. And nobody was helping them. Yeah. And with their emotions, mm-hmm. 
the physical symptoms, nothing. That's mm-hmm. what's sad. But the fact that we get to go in there and walk alongside families and be there for them, it's such a beautiful thing. We feel so honored and privileged. Mm-hmm. It's really, uh, I think our, my colleagues are just amazing. They're just rays of sunshine. They really want to make every moment count for for families, mm-hmm. and they're happy. They really love their jobs, or they wouldn't be there for sure. years and years. We have, well, we actually have one employee who's been there 40 years now. Oh, my gosh. 40 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so where are you guys located? Because you obviously have more than one location. 98% of our care is in your home, Okay. wherever you live. Mm-hmm. But we do have four clinical offices, mm-hmm. and that's where our staff come for meetings, mm-hmm. uh, briefings to get their supplies, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So okay. those offices are just kind of to be spread throughout the valley. Mm-hmm. And then we're unique. Another way that we're very unique, we're the only hospice with nine inpatient units. Uh-huh. And those are all over the valley. Those are for short-term critical mm-hmm. symptom control or management. And sure. then our goal is to always bring you back home to the comfort of home. Mm-hmm. So how do people learn more about the programs that you have, about care, maybe volunteering? Oh, yes. It's all on our website, okay. which is super easy, hov.org. And you can we have the best search bar in the world. You just type any volunteers, it comes up. <laughs> Dog therapy, it comes up. Nice. So with dementia, whatever people, the campus, uh-huh. hov.org. They're also welcome to call us. We are also the only hospice that doesn't have an answering machine. Nice. 24-7. You Even can better. talk to a live nurse. That's great. Okay, so I, I'm guessing some people are, are saying, wait, Lynn Sue Cooney, I know that name. So how did you go from Lynn Sue on TV to the the face and the voice for this great organization, Hospice of the Valley? Well, I felt like it was time for a change. I'd done news for 36 years, 31 of them at Channel 12. Uh Loved every minute. My boys were getting ready to go to Brophy, and I wanted to be home at night. Mm -hmm. And Hospice of the Valley had taken care of a family member. And I was blown away by their care. Mm -hmm. And I feel so blessed to be back there giving, you know, helping other families get the same beautiful care that we got all those years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a little circle of life, isn't it? Yeah. God works in mysterious ways. That's great. Well, thank you for being here today. It's nice to hear from you, but about Hospice of the Valley. It's a great organization. We're really honored that you guys are part of the Mesa Chamber and that you um, have been so, um, well, engaged in our nonprofit committee and our aging and healthcare committee obviously a big part of what's going on in the community. So thank you. Well, Sally, you guys do a great job. Well, we appreciate Lots it. of wonderful businesses, and we're so happy to be part of it. Thank you very much. Thank and we'll you. have you back again. Good. We'll need to hear the updates after you open. At the campus is open. Yes. Okay, we'll very take exciting. you on a tour. I love that. Thank you. Thanks for being here. This has been a Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast. You can find all podcast episodes at iTunes, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast website. You can also find them online at mesachamber.org. Content of this podcast is copyright the Mesa Chamber of Commerce, unless otherwise noted.